she was there with that guy. What guy? You know, at the funeral. My ex-wife's guy, that guy. Oh, him. Yeah, somebody told me they were getting married. Really? That time. Welcome to the show, Moonlighting fans. Whether you're a Moonlighting fan from way back when, or whether you are new to Moonlighting and you want to know what all the hype is about, you have come to the right place. Hi, I'm Grace. And I'm Shauna. And we're your hosts for the podcast that is all about Moonlighting. When we talk about Moonlighting, we're talking about the Emmy award-winning 80s TV series starring Bruce Willis and Simple Shepherd. So if you're a fan of theirs, you're going to want to stay tuned as we review all 66 episodes. We hope you enjoy this journey with us because we are going to be watching the series episodes one by one and discussing them every week. Now, this is going to take several years, as you can imagine, so please join us because we are going to have so much fun along the way. We will also be releasing bonus episodes of interviews with creators, cast and crew to extend your listening experience. That's right. And we really want to include our Moonlighting fans in this project as much as possible. So write to us and let us know what your thoughts are. And even if you have some trivia to disclose, our email address is fans at moonlightingthepodcast.com. And we will include you in our future episodes. So stay with us. Shauna and I are beyond excited to finally bring Moonlighting into the 21st century for some serious discussions. You up for it, Shauna? I sure am. Well, let's Let's get get started. Yep, that's pretty progressive. Yeah. Yep, very interesting. So David here, you know what, eight, nine years later. So I guess when I say I don't think of Tess as a great love of his, he was obviously very, very hurt, you know. But what hurt the most? That she wasn't loyal, that it was another woman, that, you know, that his ego was just bruised in general, that like someone would choose anyone else over him. Like, why can't he see Tess? Why all these years later, why can't he face that, you know? I suppose it'll just bring back memories of her in the bedroom and how she hurt him. So he was. was You know, he does need to deal with it. He needs to have that conversation to move on, but he can't do it. I know, he just can't do it. Yeah, so that's that's a character flaw of his right there, you know? Interesting conversation. Um, Kind of fun to see Tess and Maddie, or Sybil, face-to-face there. I mean... Gosh, David, married. There's his ex-wife. It's like, oh my gosh, just so much character development. And Maddie finds out something about David that he, I don't think, I guess that's a question. Does David ever know that Maddie found out that information? Does she ever tell David? I actually know. He never knew that Maddie went there. Not a chance. And I think that's wonderful on her part. I've written on Mm. my notes at the end of the episode. I've written there that I think it's wonderful that she didn't open a big fat trap about that. I don't think it was necessary to tell him there wasn't any need to. They don't need any more angst in their relationship to be to be quite honest after what happened at the start of the episode. Um, but I think it was very thoughtful of her not to say anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's very caring. She protected his ego. Yeah, it just would have made it worse. Now she understands in a way because she knows but David. Did you notice on the fire escape when Tess, you know, drops the bomb, <laughs> Maddie reacts too early. <laughs> no, really. Her eyebrows go up when she hears the news, but she does it just before Tess says it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. 
honest to Abe left out one little detail. So there's another reference. Okay. We're done with that scene? Yes. All right. So the next scene is David sitting in a taxi in front of the New York skyline. And as is mentioned in the commentary, that wide shot is New York. The taxi is in New York. But when you see David in the taxi, he's on a soundstage. <laughs> yeah. And the New York skyline has the Twin Towers yes. that were were flown into a 9-11 so that's kind of cool yeah nice little background and the poor taxi driver having to listen to david crapping on about his past life and he doesn't understand one damn word he's saying you think it's any accident that uh he starts talking about his chemistry teacher mrs doherty mrs doherty but chemistry teacher you know the chemistry moonlighting mm-hmm. oh okay <laughs> thought that was like a little um in joke there very uh, good. I like it. A little disagreement they had about the uh, Bunsen yes. burner. I won't bore you with the details, but it had to do with a suggestion that I made about a part of her anatomy and the business end of a Bunsen burner. Nice. Mm, David. Nice. Naughty. <laughs> so he just goes on to tell the taxi. I mean, I suppose he's got to let it out. You know what? It's good. He's letting it out. It's good for him. But he's doing it to the wrong person. <laughs> to the taxi driver. Yeah. So he just tells him that he's playing hooky for his brother-in-law's funeral. He didn't plan on it. So he says he didn't plan on it. He had all the intentions of going. But then he says he doesn't think he planned on it. He just goes on to explain that it's not like I don't want to see her, but... It's just that I know Tess. If I see her, she's going to want to talk about what happened. She's going to want to analyze it. She's going to want me to tell her I'm okay with it. Well, I'm okay with it. As long as I don't got to think about it. Then he starts talking about Maddie because he's confused about that. He's like, I've got this woman in the hotel room and she's come all the way to New York. So he doesn't understand what's going on there. Doesn't know what's going through her mind. But that's when he confesses he didn't tell Maddie the whole truth. No, I told her the most important part. But look, let's face it. A person in bed with your wife is a person in bed with your wife gender is not the main issue well i think with him i think it was not only has she committed adultery but it wasn't even with a male it was with a female so that's even worse in his eyes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah basically this scene we're not able to hear what's in david's mind so it's giving the audience the chance to hear david's thoughts which is great Mm -hmm. yeah you know we're kind of like maddie right now we're trying to like put all the puzzle pieces together and figure out and it's all a bombshell to us as well it's all a revelation to us. We're curious what Tess looks like. We've heard Tess's side. Now Maddie knows, you know. But yeah, what are David's thoughts? Because he doesn't have anyone to bounce these thoughts off of in the episode, really. So it's the taxi driver who doesn't speak English. And so David can just kind of pontificate all of his thoughts out loud, kind of to himself and to us. And we find out everything, right? Why he didn't go? He can't face Tess. His ego is bruised. It is because... Well, she cheated, but also cherry on top of the pie is it was a woman and his ego can't take it. But I think the most interesting part of all that is him saying, and I got this other woman back at the hotel. I don't know what she's thinking. So as much as David chases Maddie and wants her, wants her and is in love with her, mm. you know, when someone suddenly makes, you know, someone you've been chasing makes a move back, it almost like pushes you back a little bit where you're just like, oh, this might be real. And then that's a little scary. So, yeah, 
I like that we get that insight that he's like wondering what Maddie's thinking. Maybe it's David's first inclination that there's something there on Maddie's side that might be real, which can be a little scary. You know, that's right. Especially at this time when he's dealing with his past relationship and trying to like get closure on that, that he can't really give himself, you know, they're both in crazy places right now in their mind. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, they're both in a place where they're trying to figure out where is this relationship going, David? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he's drinking and he's rambling and I wish somebody could tell us what the cab driver said. That's what I'm just about to say. Okay. Okay. So I, it took me about an hour yesterday. I was fiddling around with um, Translate. So I downloaded this app because Google wasn't giving me a damn thing. And I tried now, I don't know if this is correct. So if somebody's out there who can translate it, that's great because I wasn't sure what language he was speaking and it certainly wasn't Italian. Okay. So if he was speaking Italian, no problem. Okay. So I tried Czech because I thought it's sort of like a Czech, Croatian, Russian, Hungarian. I tried all these different things and they came up with weird sentences and I thought, no, that doesn't make sense. Now, the only one that was closest, because I thought, oh, maybe he's speaking Polish. It does sound Polish as well. So I put in Polish to English, put the phone to the sound bar as soon as he spoke and then stopped the video, the DVD. Yeah. Um, and it said, I'm still under a bridge. Hmm. So he might have been sarcastic saying, well, you've got your problems, mate, but I'm still sitting here under a bridge. Right. Yeah. Now, that's the closest thing that makes sense to that scene because they were under the bridge. Yes. I don't know if that's what he said, but if there's anybody out there who understands what he said, please let us know. Please email us because I would love to know what he said because I don't think anybody's ever mentioned that. I know. Um, Well, I have a Polish friend and I have a Hungarian friend. Maybe I'll send a little clip to them and see if. Yeah, send the audio to them and see if they understand. But that's what I think. I could be wrong. My friend Natty that I was with the other night, um, she's Polish. So let me send that to her okay, and see. Cool. Um, interesting though. Um, I like that. Good job, Grace. Well done. You're investigating as always. <laughs> Thank you. Very thorough. Shauna and I would love you to come and join our Moonlighting community. You can follow our Moonlighting the Podcast Facebook page. You can also follow us on Twitter at moon underscore podcast 85 as well as our YouTube channel. You can also join our Moonlighting the Podcast Facebook group where we talk about everything moonlighting. What could be better than that? So David makes his way back to the hotel later that evening, lets himself in, makes his way over to Maddie's room, opens the door, the light floods over Maddie and she's sleeping like a log. You know, you think she'd be waiting still for David to come home, but I guess Now she kind of got her answers, right? I mean, that's what she wanted. She wanted to see Tess and she wanted to get all the inside scoop. Now she knows for sure Tess is not a threat to her. There's not some woman out there, you know, that could get David back or something. Tess isn't interested in David. (laughs) Tess is with another woman, you know. You know what? I never gave that a thought, Shauna. She may have flown across the country because she felt threatened that possibly he might have got back together with her if he saw her. Is that a, was that maybe something that went through her mind? I don't think that Maddie thought that they would get back together, but it does make you a little jealous. That's a different relationship, a husband and wife, right? So yeah. it's like someone knows David better than she does, or he loves someone enough to marry them. You know, there's something to that. You know what I mean? Like there was someone else out there in the world that he liked 
more than me married them? Like what? So I think like when we see Maddie sleeping so soundly in the bed and she's not listening for David and she's not waiting for him to come back, I think she got all her answers. So now she can like go to bed. She's not threatened anymore because the woman that she maybe had in her mind, like that's David's ex. What does she look like? How'd she have this pull over David to marry him and get him to marry her and all of that? She met Tess. Tess is a very sweet woman. As we said, not really David's type and she's a lesbian. And, you know, that was a long time ago. And, and, and like Maddie got all her answers, you know, that's what she wanted. She wanted to go to the funeral. She wanted to meet Tess. She wanted to get more insight into like David's past. And there's no threat there. It's like put to bed, done. And she knows something that David will never know that she knows. And she's good with it. So I think that's why she's like sleeping soundly when David gets back. Well, Maddie's fears have been allayed. She's definitely feeling better about the whole situation. One thing I don't like is um, when David opens the door and like, you know, sees Maddie laying in the bed, how Sybil's laying there. Her legs are kind of spread open. Like, I don't know, could she be covered up and like look a little more graceful in the bed? She's, I just love like, like the way she's lying there. She looks absolutely beautiful. I wrote here, God, I wish I looked that beautiful when I'm lying in bed like that. She looks absolutely but, gorgeous. I know she's but, sort of spread out, but. Um, she's like spread out and in all white. She looks gorgeous laying there. Um, but what is she wearing? The sheet up around her or looks like a white pajama. And then we get another two fingered kiss. Yeah, he blows her a kiss. I've written here, how can he resist her? <laughs> I know it's not the right time to jump her or anything, but, you know. Well, that's the thing. Like Maddie and David are in a hotel room together, you know, side by side. I guess in like Money Talks, Maddie Walks, they would have been in hotels or Tupperman. And then he shuts the door. And the lighting, again, beautiful blues, blue around him. His face is in a half shadow and you get the warm light behind him. And yeah, looks great. Yeah, it's just great lighting all around. Beautiful. And we have the plane in the sky, similar to when Maddie went to Chicago. To the moon. Spoiler alert. (laughs) So they are um, sitting side by side on the airplane. Um, Maddie is wearing an outfit that she wore in um, way back in Next Stop Murder. The top with the pink flowers um, she's wearing in the beginning of Next Yes, I was looking at that and I'm thinking, oh, she worn that before, looks familiar. But I thought, no, Shauna will work it out for me. <laughs> David has another iteration of a gray sweater. He's always wearing a gray sweater. Anytime they have him in a sweater, it's gray. But I like it. It's kind of like a dark gray and looks handsome on him. See, I love Sybil's hair here. Maybe they filmed this um, the same day as the dance because it's the same um, hair that she has, you know, when she comes into the bar. It's that more combed flat look, not so curly. Okay, it's possible. Oh, and that's they, what I didn't mention. The mm-hmm. restaurant scene at the beginning was the first scene they uh, filmed for this episode. Yeah. And the scene on the fire escape was the last scene they filmed for the episode. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, so David just kind of continues his lie about the funeral and, and Maddie lets him say it. She was there with that guy and they're about to get married 10 years later. Yeah, like Maddie says, about time. Yeah, about time. He's just kind of continuing. He just yawns and says, wake me up when we're in the cab. David, you want half a blanket? David. Maddie. Want half the blanket? We'll figure that out when we get to your place. (laughs) We'll figure that out when we get to your house. (laughs) (laughs) I love the look she gives him, though. Oh, yeah. And she gives him the blanket. Yeah. Thanks. If I can borrow half a shoulder. 
only for about the next 20 or 30 years. And I'm going to need it back. And she yeah. just looks at him in a loving way. It's so beautiful. I love this ending. And she knows he's hurting something bad. And she knows a little bit more. She has some insight that he doesn't know and he'll probably never know. And she understands him a little bit more. Do you think this episode has brought them a little bit closer? I like to believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Because their actions and what Maddie found out, I guess, Maddie's action and the insight into David has opened up another kind of room <laughs> in their relationship. Room, yeah, room in their hearts for progression. Well, I guess. Well, David knows now that Maddie cares enough to chase him all the way across the country and show up. So there's a different level of care there mm. that I think is very obvious. And Maddie knows a lot about David and that he's vulnerable, that he was hurt, that he is capable of committing. So it, it all goes back to like that first conversation about being a dependable person. I mean, in the end, we find out that David really was a dependable person. He was responsible. He married Tess when she got pregnant. They moved to New York. Even after they lost the baby, they still stayed together. It's just that Tess is a lesbian and was with somebody else and you know, it wasn't going to work. I mean, they, they were young kids and they got thrown into a situation. So it's, I don't think you can really blame either one of them. You know, no, of course not. They were no. kind of doing what they needed to do at the time, but yeah. not really by choice, just by circumstance, you know? So yeah, I think it does deepen Maddie and David's relationship because they are seeing a little bit different side of each other now. It would have been nice for this to progress in the next episode, um, how, how they're feeling for each other. But looking at the episodes, I mean, the, the next one is Atomic, which there's no continuation there. Then you've got It's a Wonderful Job, yep. which they kiss no at real the end, but that's is that a fantasy? Who knows? Um, then you've got Straight Poop. Then obviously no episodes because then you've got Poltergeist 3. And then the next one, when he realizes it's blonde on blonde. No. See what I mean? It would have been nice for them to progress that relationship and discussion in the next episode. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, if you go back to like the 1980s um, when this was airing um, in real yeah. time, yeah. very frustrating for fans because this was a very big revelation, you know, move forward in their relationship and all of that stuff. But yeah, we don't get a continuation until months later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Because when did this air? This aired. Okay, um, so this is what I want to talk to you about. Mulberry Street aired on the 18th of November, 86. They started filming on the 2nd of October and didn't finish until the 14th of October. Okay, so they've held this episode. All Creatures was the next one they filmed, but they aired them oh. 
out of whack, yes. So, really? Yeah. So I all creatures that. have, listen to this, all creatures was filmed from 15th of October to November 3 because Sybil was sick. And that aired on 11th of November, a week before Mulberry Street. But Mulberry Street was filmed before All Creatures. Is that clear as mud? Wait, uh, well, okay. Um, first, how do you know it was filmed out of order? Because um, Jay Daniel. He said that. The- Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so All Creatures was filmed first, right? So what I immediately start thinking no, about Mulberry, is her- Mulberry was filmed first. <laughs> Mulberry's oh Mulberry's film first okay so we so we go from yours very deadly to Mulberry was actually filmed then they filmed all creatures yep but they released all creatures first but all creatures first then they aired Mulberry then they're filming Atomic then they go into it's a wonderful job and then they go to the straight poop am I right that's right hair wise that makes sense. With the helmet hair and yours very deadly, she had that big curly hair. Then you go into film Mulberry Street and half the episode, she has this big curly hair, same as, I was always confused about that. That makes a lot of sense now. Um, <laughs> then her hair is more like yours very deadly because it's that big helmet hair. But then in all creatures, it's flat and it looks beautiful. And half of the episode here, it's flat and beautiful. So yeah, that totally makes sense. Continuity wise with the hair. Because he said that all creatures from the start to the end, it was 18 days. It was crazy because she was sick oh. and, yeah, she oh. was off. So why they did that, I don't know. But Mulberry was first. Okay. Because they came back early because they only had a six-week break between season two and season three. So Mulberry was filmed from the 2nd to the 14th of October and then they mm-hmm. started all creatures the next day, but that's when Sybil was sick. Yeah. And then, you know, when they do the atomic commentary, they also say that she was sick for a while and delayed that shoot yeah so that's just a little bit of interesting information very interesting yeah it's a nice sweet ending just love the way she's looking at him she shares the blanket yeah again it's thoughtful she didn't say a word she went along with what he said best to leave it alone yes beautiful i just love the way she's looking at him just love it i know we get a very loving look Shauna and I decided to put our heads together once again to see what else we could do for our favourite TV show, Moonlighting, and all the Moonlighting fans. Then, ba-bing, we get this idea. Why not write a book? We began putting pen to paper and came up with Moonlighting, an episode guide. It's everything you want to know about each and every episode. We asked Moonlighting creator, Glenn Gordon Caron, to write the foreword, and of course, he replied, Do bears bear? Do bees bee? I think that was a yes. Just like our podcast, we go in chronological order and talk about each episode in detail. And we've also included some photos from our personal archives. We take a deep look into everything that made this show so unique, such as Agnes Rhymes and the full original music credits for each episode. Did Bruce Willis really slip an F-bomb past the censors? In which scenes are Sybil's sneakers visible? But wait, I've forgotten the most important thing. What's the total count on the door slams of the whole series? Well, you'll have to buy the book to find out. Go to tuckerdspress.com to purchase your book so that you can watch an episode, listen to the podcast, then read our review of the episode in the book. Phew, boy, have you got a lot of work to do. We will also place a link below in your show notes page of wherever you listen to your podcasts to purchase your book. And keep it on hand because this is going to be your go-to reference for moonlighting. 
And at the end comes up deepest depreciation to Stanley Donnan. Mm-hmm. He did a great job in directing the dance sequence, which was wonderful. Yes, exactly. Stanley Donnan. And when we were announcing the director at the beginning, I thought he directed part of it, but the seven minute dance, it's all Stanley. It's all Stanley. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the sequence was one long shot until mm-hmm. Sandell gets down the bottom, which is great. So he did a wide shot. You see the legs come down. It was a, a great part of the episode. A great episode. One of the crown jewels, right? I mean, anytime you talk to the other people who have watched Moonlighting, this is definitely a favorite. I think more than anything, you know, when I talk to people about Moonlighting, they say Big Man's their favorite. Then people always mention Atomic, Dream Sequence, and about the um, man with the mole on his nose. Yeah. All of these things are like the most memorable of Moonlighting. So I just love it. They really learned a lot about each other and they both revealed a lot of things about each other in this episode. Hmm. That being said, Grace. Yes. (laughs) Is this in your top 10? Hell yeah. (laughs) I'm looking at my top 10 and I don't have it listed, I don't think. Just for sheer production value, this was a massive production to put together in a short amount of time. The effort was just put into everything, set decoration, dance sequence, getting Stanley Donnan on board and Jackie and Bill Landrum as the choreographers, the costume design and having the most amazing dancer on board in Sandal Bergman, who just took over that dance sequence and made Bruce look so good. The editing, the music, the lighting, the direction, and the script, you know, wow. I was just going to say wow about the whole episode. I mean, the episode had everything Moonlighting fans love. Maddie and David expressing their feelings, the whole visual, the dancing, fast-paced dialogue at the beginning anyway. We get different sets. And most of all, Shauna, we get a kiss, which is great. Even though it's a dream sequence, again. (laughs) But we're going into a lot of kisses, whether it's them or not. Yeah, that's right. This episode is so enjoyable to watch. And you get that real good feeling after you've watched it. After I've watched it, I'm in a really good mood, you know. I just love it. Top 10, definitely top 10. It's kind of a standalone episode in Moonlighting, you know. The production value alone, like you were saying, you know. Yeah. And I forgot to mention the talent. The, the talented talent. people in this episode. Amazing. Yeah. And Billy Joel. Thank you for the song and his music that was in it as well, you know. So it was kind of a song, you know, like we said, maybe it wasn't written specifically for David. Like they use uh, some of Billy Joel's other music and stuff like that. It was kind of unique where you'd get one artist lending multiple songs for the episode that really kind of helped craft the story. I often think that this set the bar really high, this episode, and there must have been huge pressure on cast and crew to keep this level of quality entertainment. Yeah, like like we kind of mentioned before, it's like they were doing these big undertakings like the dance sequence in the middle of this already epic episode. And then next we go into Atomic Shakespeare, which is another huge undertaking. Yeah. That's really amazing. But they filmed this. And then all creatures, you're saying, yep. and then aired yep. all creatures first. Okay. Yeah. So it's like big man, big undertaking, all creatures. Sounds like that was a big undertaking, although we didn't really know it. I guess it was because it got extended because of Sybil's illness. Then they go into Atomic, which is, I mean, production. Wow. Kudos. Wow. <laughs> I was watching it yesterday. Again, I'm like, I can't get my head around the amount of work that was involved to do that and addressing all those extras. Oh. Atomic, you mean, or this one? or No, I'm talking about Atomic. Yeah. And then they go into um, 
it's a wonderful job, you know, and that's, you know, a whole holiday episode and everything. And we're getting a lot of kisses in a row, which is always great. And then, yeah, straight poop. And then we get into the whole, you know, trilogy and everything. So yeah, season three is just action packed, full of great big productions. Where does the uh, kiss in this episode rank for you among the kisses? Okay, that kiss is ranked the bottom of the ladder. <gasps> what? Yep. No, I like it. No, I don't I mean, like it. What's okay? Oh my God, this is a discussion in itself. Okay, <laughs> analyze the kiss. What, what's wrong? If you're going to kiss somebody, you kiss somebody like in the dream sequence. Okay, now, okay, the good thing about it is that you can see everything. Okay, <laughs> but she's all over the place. Hmm. Do you like this kiss? Oh, I love it. I'm totally opposite to you really? on this. Hundred percent. All right. This is one of my top kisses. This is hot as hell to me. Yeah, it is hot as hell, but I just feel like it's all over the place. I mean, look, no Maddie and David kiss is gonna be a bad kiss, but no, 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 it's not bad. It's the bottom of my top ten list of kisses if there is a top ten. Yeah. For me, I love that Maddie is in total control of this kiss. She seduces him, she takes his head, she moves his head around, she's like biting his lips, like you can see everything and like so much is hidden in Moonlighting Kisses, you know? Mm. I love that she takes the back of his head and like pulls his hair. Bruce looks very amused. You know, David looks amused. Um, I just don't but- like how she covers his cheek. I'm like, get your bloody hand out of the way, woman. They always do that. They always have to hide a little bit. But see, that's what I love about it. She's pushing his cheek with one hand and like pulling his hair with the other and just totally going in on him. You yeah. can see both their open mouths together and then she bites his upper lip and I, I love it. I think it's hot as hell. No, that's one of my favorites. I mean, then she goes for it again. It is a dream sequence, I guess. She's all over him. I mean, she takes him and has her way with him. So I, I love it. Don't come for me, Moonies. Don't come for me. Sorry. Well, everyone has their own views and own, own opinions. <laughs> so would the ones in the dream sequence be your top kisses? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Probably my... My top kiss is the one on the trunk and Maddie's turn to cry because it's real and it's authentic and it's sweet. But this might be second for me. And then dream sequence. This one's probably above that. Yeah. Just, I just love how she has her way with them. That's what I love about it. Hmm. Okay. That's good. Marilyn Jones, who played Tess, mainly known for Surprise, Surprise, one episode of Remington Steel, Magnum yes. PI, V, and she did two episodes of Quantum Leap. But she has done many, 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 and of course, Murder, She Wrote. Yeah, she goes back to 1968. So, yeah, she's a recognisable face. You'd see her in many things. Now, with Betty Maguire, who was Aunt Rosemary, yeah. known for Coma in 1978, Up in Smoke in 1978 as well, she was Kate Malone. She did 12 episodes of Growing Pains from 1986 to 91, if you remember her. And she was also in Falcon Crest. And she's done many, many other TV shows and her career goes back to 1973 by the looks of it. So she's another recognisable face, Betty Maguire. Yeah, I do recognise her. Yeah. Now, Andra Ackers, who played Mrs Kendrick, she is known for um, Dallas in 1979, Desert Hearts in 1985, Nothing in Common in 1986. Back in 1968, she was in a movie called Murder a la Mode. Murder a la Mode. <laughs> yeah, I know. Mm. That was the first thing she did back in 1968. 
So that was um, Mrs. Kendrick. Now, the taxi driver, his name was Radu Gavor. He was known for the Money Pit in 1986. In 1990, he played a seaman in The Hunt for Red October. That's where I recognise him from, I think. Played Dimitri in 1993 in Sliver. Oh, that's where I know him from too, because that's one of my favourite movies, 13 Days in the year 2000. He played a Romanian delegate. Oh, Romanian. I didn't try that translation, Shauna. Okay. Maybe he's Romanian if he was playing a Romanian, but who knows. Looks like the last thing he did was 13 days. Anyway, now, sorry, Shauna, did I discuss your top 10? No, it is not in my top 10. No. But, yeah, I I mean, you know, the top 10s also, (laughs) that could be ever-changing. You know what I mean? You know, like when we look at some of these episodes and – we analyze them a little bit more. I think like you were thinking that with symphony, you're like, well, now that I've looked at it, you know, a little bit closer, it could be, you know, what I think of big man is just like, it's a little bit of a standalone episode. It's always going to be a top moonlighting episode, but sometimes with the top 10, I think like, is it a go-to that I'm just going to like put on and watch? I don't know. For me, not always. There's some other episodes I go to first. So yeah. I'd have to be in the mood like David was. He wasn't in the mood for going to a funeral and you sometimes are not in the mood for watching big man on Mulberry street. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's my favorite, 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 although I know it is a lot of people's favorites, but I think it's a great episode. I mean, that's moonlighting at its best, definitely. All right. We got six door slams in this episode, zero out of the elevator, zero Agnes Rhymes, and seven outfit changes. So you say six door slams? Because Mm -hmm. I counted... Agnes and Maddie's as two doors because they open both doors and they slam and make a big noise. Okay. And seven outfit changes. Is that correct, Shauna? That is correct. Okay. So the accumulated stats for Moonlighting the podcast up to Big Man on Mulberry Street are 18 feet out of the elevator, 10 singing Bruce, 18 Agnes rhymes, 177 outfit changes, Drum roll, please, David. We are up to 124 door slams. Wow. Slam, 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 slam. I think we should just have a bunch of door slam sound effects. I think I'll do that. That'll be funny. I did do that once in one episode. It's now time for Moonlight Mail. We received an email from Rusty. Hi, ladies. I've interacted a little bit with you on all Facebook and Instagram, but wanted to send a proper email with my Moonlighting origin story. I've been a fan of Moonlighting since day three. I missed the Sunday night pilot movie, but heard about it the next day on the radio morning show I listened to in high school. I tuned in the next night for gunfight at the So-So Corral and was hooked for life. I was a month away from turning 17 when Moonlighting hit the airwaves. I wanted to be David Addison, and I wanted to date Maddie Hayes. The show was like nothing I had ever watched on TV before. I also got turned on to a lot of great music by watching Moonlighting. Season two was my senior year in high school, and season three was my freshman year of college. What a time. I was thrilled when Bravo showed the reruns and I taped them all on VHS. Hung on to those until the DVDs were released and I bought all five seasons and have enjoyed watching those almost annually. I discovered your podcast a couple of months ago when I decided to rewatch the series. It was fun watching an episode and then listening to you talk about it. I decided to continue to rewatch after I caught up with your podcasts 
and just finished Lunar Eclipse last weekend. When I'm ready to listen to your new podcast, I'll re-watch the episode before listening. I'll get to watch season three all over again. Lucky me. I think what I've noticed mostly during this latest rewatch is what great actors Sybil and Bruce were slash are. The way they pull off scenes when they are not in the same room together, but you still feel the chemistry between them. It was taken to a nuclear level in knowing her. The scene in Maddie's office where Sybil, Bruce and Dana Delaney are so good. We believe they are all in the room together talking. That three-way chemistry was white hot. I need to come up with a top 10 episode list. Mine will probably be the same as most others, but I might have a surprise or two. So thank you for taking the time to talk about one of my favourite all-time shows on this podcast. And thanks for being so nice on social media. I'll continue interacting and will continue listening. Cheers, Rusty. Thanks, Rusty. Yes, he's very active in our community. So thank you so much for your email. Yeah, thanks, Rusty. Thanks for the email. And yes, always great interacting with you on social media. Thanks for being active on our Facebook page, fans of the Moonlighting Podcast. Yeah, I love hearing these stories, how they had to tape it when it was on, apparently was on Bravo in the States and people taped it and... And then the DVDs came out and yeah, it's great that he's starting to rewatch it and um, he's found our podcast, which that's terrific. Thank you, Rusty. Yes. One other thing I wanted to mention, which I guess will be our new normal going forward since uh, Moonlighting's now streaming on Hulu, is the only music change in this episode was that first song, Good Morning, was replaced with new music on Hulu streaming. Okay, cool. Keith. Uh, another fan who follows our Instagram, which is at Moonlighting the Podcast. Follow us if you have an Instagram account. So Keith says, hi, I just wanted to say I'm loving the show and have begun listening again after taking a break for some time. I know I'm probably late to the party, but I'd like to pass my best wishes to Grace as I only recently heard about her condition and I'm delighted to hear she's made a recovery. I also wanted to add that I found a box in my attic while getting my Moonlighting DVDs and came across a few items that I've had but forgotten about for the last 20 years or so, early items that I bought on eBay, which I thought might be of interest to you. I'm not quite sure why I specifically have the Blonde on Blonde script, but I guess I'll wait until your podcast on that episode to find out. (laughs) Thanks, Keith. Thank you for your message. And no, you're not too late to the party to give your best wishes to Grace because she'll take them anytime. Grace, she's... Thank you very much for your kind thoughts. No, you're never too late to the party with us. No. (laughs) We're the ones that are late. I've still got emails here from months and months ago, which we're trying to catch up with. So thank you so much for your thoughts. Great to hear from you. And uh, yeah, some interesting items that you have in there in that box in your your attic. Oh, yeah. I'm interested in that. And yeah, tell us more about your Blonde on Blonde script when we get to the episode, which at this point won't be that long, Grace. We're coming up on those episodes. It's not far away. All right, so let's talk about our next episode. Oh, gosh, we have another huge Moonlighting episode, another favorite, another oft-talked-about episode, Atomic Shakespeare, Season 3, Episode 7. However, we will not be recording that episode until January. We're going to take a little break for December, enjoy the holidays, um, do all of our Christmas shopping, make sure all of our elves are delivering those books. We've had a very busy year. And the end of it has been real busy now um, that we've finished our book and it's been published and we're now promoting it. And we're going to kind of focus on that for December and have a break and spend time with our families and travel a little bit and and all of that. So this will be the beginning of our holiday 
hiatus. And we will be back in January with Atomic Shakespeare, Grace. We've had a very big year this year. and We're really happy that we're in season three, which is a really great season for us to talk about. And with the book release, we've been working very hard on that all year. And um, we're really excited that that's out. So we've decided that this episode will be the final episode for this year. And we'll start strong in January 2024 with Atomic Shakespeare, which is another epic episode to talk about. Yeah, it would have been great. But our plan, we were hoping to get through It's a Wonderful Job and have that ready at the holidays. But yeah, this our year has just been so action-packed and busy, busy, busy that it's just not possible and we don't want to rush anything. We wanted to take our time and do justice to all of these episodes in season three because they're really important. They're big episodes. It's a big season. So no reason to rush. Hang on till January and we'll have all those episodes out for you and you will enjoy them then. Yes, that's right. I actually had the episodes scheduled out so that we would have It's a Wonderful Job out <laughs> for Christmas, but it didn't work out that way. But that's okay. We can just start with Atomic next year and I'm sure everybody will be looking forward to that. Absolutely. I will be. Another epic episode. They really took it to some high levels in season three. It's fabulous. Wow. I mean, it's amazing when you see that all of these episodes are back to back. I don't know how they did it. Thank you to everybody who made Moonlighting. It's just great. And congratulations to all of them on the second life of Moonlighting, you know, Moonlighting 2.0 streaming yeah. with a little bit of new music. But hey, if that's what it took to get it streaming, so millions have access to it and it can find a new fan base. The original fans are always going to come back to Moonlighting, but for it to find new fans is amazing. And hopefully Disney puts it worldwide soon, because that's another question. Right now it's only available streaming in the US, but Disney does own it. So hopefully they'll put it on other platforms. So it's accessible to our international listeners, because we get a lot of questions about that, but it's not available quite yet. Yeah. Unfortunately, in Australia, we can't get Hulu. I mean, I've got Disney Plus, so if they decide that they want to spread it around the world so people around the world can watch Moonlighting, I'll be very excited about that. But for now, I've got my DVDs, so I'm happy with that. At least I've got the original music. (laughs) Yeah. But yes, thank you to Hulu. Thank you to Disney. Thank you to Glenn Karen for making that happen and everyone involved, the whole team. Absolutely. Thank you. So happy. That's just like the best. It's like a great first step. And if it's a little sacrificing in the music, and it hurts a little bit, some really hurt. Like we said, we'll do another separate podcast discussing music and music changes. We'll record a separate episode coming up that will discuss just the music for all five seasons and discuss the Hulu changes, what songs have been removed and what songs have replaced them. What those songs meant to the scenes and how it kind of changes the scenes without them and how, you know, new viewers, they may not miss the music but old viewers will always know that the music is really another character in the show some changes are bigger than others and yeah we'll just discuss all of that in one episode we have completed another great episode sean a big man on mulberry street and we'll be back in 2024 with atomic shakespeare bye moonies well until next time i'm grace and i'm shauna thank Thank you you for for listening listening to to moonlighting Moonlighting, the podcast Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.